Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I am your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with co-host, uh, CU professor, not really professor, just a lecturer, Lance Psycho. They call you professor, though. They do. Well, that's or, what they say. And I don't correct them. I just say, okay. Yeah. And then I talk to them with words. Yep. So uh, if, if you are ever thinking about exploring, hey, I'm an architect. I'm a designer. I either have my firm, work for a firm, either scenario. I think it might be lucrative. I think it might actually be a safe and smart route for us to offer construction services. Uh, instead of me pitching it here in this short little segment, Lance and I had a great conversation with our friend Mark LePage from uh, Entree Architect. He has a podcast called Entree Architect. If you don't know what it is, you've been living under a rock. That's okay. Rocks are cool. Um, Carson Wentz lives under a rock, uh, so you can live under a rock too. And that is episode, if you're looking for it, it's EA369 yep. is our podcast episode with Mark. It's called Be a Builder. And it keeps giving me a pop-up. Uh, be a builder as a small firm architect. Yep. So uh, put that on your phone, check it out, or on your computer. You can listen to it both ways. Uh, it's worth a listen. It's worth you understanding basically the concepts, the benefits, the pitfalls, um, all that. I, I think it is a model that you should uh, think about exploring. And that episode goes into it. So go check that out, EA369. You got it. You got it. And if you're still on the fence about going to trade shows in person this year, how the heck are you going to keep up with the latest and greatest in architectural products? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, Al. Introducing ArcCat Alert. Get the scoop in this weekly newsletter featuring leading manufacturers and their newest and best products. And since it's backed by ArcCat, you know you can begin researching these products for free without registration. That's my favorite part about ArcCat. No registration. Yeah, me too. You don't need my information. You know, yeah, but unless you unless unless you want to be uh, on the ArcCat alert, then then maybe you do, right? Uh, and since it's backed by ArcCat, maybe you can begin researching these products for free without registration. There's also Architect, a curated newsletter that's the most interesting architecture stories of the week. So check them out now. Again, no registration. You don't. You're not going to get put on a list. Check them out at arccat.com forward slash a r c a. T-E-C-T, that's A-R-C-A-T dot com forward slash A-R-C-A-T-E-C-T. Check that stuff out. Super interesting stuff. Uh, again, no registration. And don't forget all about all the BIM models, all the details. Yeah. ArcCAD has you covered, all the specs. You, there's even a spec wizard you can start building specs if you without hardly any experience. You never built a spec before, they got your tool for you. Check out ArcCAD.com today. All right. What is Jamie Dimon saying about the economy? Jamie Dimon is the CEO of JP Morgan. He's been kind of the face of the banking industry, I'd say, for probably the past five years. Yep. 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 JP Morgan, as everybody knows, one of the most well-established bank 
banks, banksters in the uh, in the world. Uh, if you if you want to look up some J.P. Morgan stuff on your own time, maybe go down a rabbit hole. Maybe it gets a little crazy. Maybe Just type in little... YouTube J.P. Morgan. Type in the word conspiracy. I haven't type even in, done this. Type in J.P. Morgan, Rothschilds, bankers. Oh, yeah. Have some fun this weekend. But type in banksters. See like, what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Great. All right. Uh, so... <clears throat> Recent article making the headlines. We do. We always talk about the economy around here. We talk about inflation. We talk about reality. This is a business pod- podcast, right? Slash entertainment. Uh, so the headline is, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon sees Goldilocks moment for U.S. economy. Stimulus infrastructure spending and vaccines could fuel an economic boom into 2023, he tells shareholders in his annual letter. Uh, so the leader of America's biggest bank said the U.S. economy is emerging from the coronavirus pandemic into a boom that could last until 2023. That is, is if that is in this is me just uh, segueing here. If the golden goose doesn't get killed, who, who laid the golden egg? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to last week's episode where we talk about that and inflation and how it might <sighs> kill this booming, especially uh, construction industry we have going on right now. So back to the article. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to interject too. I actually want to be positive. I think this is positive. They might say, oh, you know, 2023 might come around and yeah, the economy went up trillions of dollars and all that other stuff. But like, did you price in purchasing power if inflation was real and did you get less for your money? Yeah. That's, that, that's all we're saying there. Yeah. That's the way to think about it for sure. Yep. So, uh, in his annual letter to shareholders Wednesday, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company Chief Executive Jamie Dimon said strong consumer savings expanded the vac- expanded vaccine distribution and the Biden administration's proposed 2.3 trillion infrastructure plan could lead to an economic Goldilocks moment. Fast, sustained growth alongside inflation and interest rates that drift slowly upward. Mr. Dimon's outlook is directly. Is de- sorry, is decidedly rosier than it was a year ago when he warned shareholders to brace for a bad recession in which U.S. gross domestic product could fall up to 35%. He wrote last year's letter just weeks after he was rushed into an emergency surgery to repair a life-threatening heart injury, and the U.S. went dark to stop coronavirus from spreading. The U.S. government's rapid and deep monetary and fiscal intervention over the past year helped prevent many of the worst outcomes, said Mr. Diamond who has since made a full recovery from the aortic tear he suffered in March 2020. Quote, it's a lot of money and it's bound to cause a booming economy, he said in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. Shame on us if we don't use that growth to help uh, those who need it most. Thoughts, Al? One thought is when the first stimulus came out and the whole package, every, everyone should be aware that, you know, a lot of checks went out to a lot of people, but a lot of checks went out to uh, companies, companies too. And I think I did the math and it was something like $12,000 per household that was spent. And don't take these numbers literally, but it was some number like that. And for all the talk about a green economy, Lance and I and everyone want clean air, want uh, no pollution. Like that would be amazing. And I thought once, once I did that calculation months and months ago, over a year ago, it was like, oh, you could pay for a solar panel system on everyone's household. Like, like instantly yep. obviously like that would disrupt the energy industry and all plants would kind of be useless you know not useless because you'd need battery technology and stuff like that but it's just funny 
this, I, I can see why they, they don't do that too, is because the bills are put together by lobbyists and there's probably not a huge lobbyist for solar panels, but there is lobbyists for, you know, all these other things too. I'm not saying you should go either way, but the amount of money being spent is <clears throat> just huge. Huge. Well, here's how much. Here's how much. Here's how much money is being spent. Uh, well, mm. and let me. No, no, no. We don't want that. No, CNN, stop that. There we go. Man, I can't. Sorry about that. That was one of the. <laughs> that was two hundred episodes. That was horrible. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, representative from Kentucky, Thomas Massey, uh, one of the only politicians worth the crap, in my opinion. Tweeted earlier this week on April 5th, roughly 25% of all the debt accumulated by the United States of America since 1776 was incurred at the last in the last 12 months. And he ended with, he ended the tweet with, this is not sustainable. So that's the other thing that Alex is talking about when it comes to the buying power, right? Uh, my thoughts on... So I do think we could hit a Goldilocks moment. I'm also optimistic about it. Look, if... Uh, <clears throat> The Fed served its purpose. The Federal Reserve served its purpose in providing crazy amounts of liquid into this economy. The problem is, is that we're going to party like it's basically uh, 20, uh, 1929. Thank, is it? Well, I was going to say... 27? Yeah. I mean, is it... Yeah, I was going to say either uh, 1919 oh, yeah. or 1929. I can't decide... You know, uh, 1919 was right after World War One, like I think it's 29. I think it's of. 29 too, where you, uh, we, we, the same sort of thing happened. There was all of this funny money going around. Everybody was getting, everybody was getting wealthier. Everybody was was the middle class was being brought up, and then eventually the party, the drinks ran out, so to speak, and the hangover started happening. So. We could be getting, so. What I would be watching for is if I was everybody, and if anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that Lance successfully predicted when the next uh -huh. crash would be. He started predicting it in 2013. We started the podcast in 2017, and he kept talking about 2020, and boom, it happened. Right now, it was this crazy anomaly because of co the COVID, and that was just unprecedented. But still, spot on. Me and Peter Schiff, spot on. Yeah, that's what we do. Well, we spot the on. I bet you if you went on YouTube enough with Jamie Diamond, it could be this was gonna happen and they use this as a cover up. You know you know how their conspiracies <laughs> go. Just crazy. So 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 what are you predicting now? Twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four, that's when the hangover will happen. Yeah, Bitcoin should be to the moon at that point. Yep. Slash we should be on the moon again at that point. We actually should be on the moon at that point. Yeah. So my prediction today is in twenty twenty four, hold hang on to your butts. Hopefully oh. you have cash on the sidelines. Because that's when, that's when if you have cash on the sideline, sidelines, you can capitalize on it. Be a capitalist. Dip back into assets that have maybe went down. Find a buying opportunity. Uh, doesn't matter which one it is. As long as you can find that buying opportunity and, 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 and capitalize on it. And over the last year, there was another episode. I mean, article. I don't have the link to it. But it, I, I'm pretty sure it was JP Morgan or some other bank of equal importance put in, bought as many assets proportionally as they did in 2008 so it means those bankers bought yeah. the dip so so yep. buy the dip so last thing about this little segment is um where is the stimulus money going right so what are americans doing um with their stimulus checks americans are saving rather than spending this is by katie lobosco Mark. of cnn 
And I've heard this, we heard this about, um, and she published this, this was just um, earlier this week, two days ago, Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. But you heard about, you heard about the same sort of trend on the last, with the last stimulus, right? So I'll just read a little bit here. Uh, Americans are saving much of their stimulus checks or using them to pay down debt rather than spending the money, according to a new survey from the New York Federal Reserve. Yes, I would also applaud that. So on average, households are using or intending to use 34% to pay down debt and saving 42% of the stimulus payments they received from the most recent COVID relief bill, which passed in March, which are up to $1,400 per person. Only about 25% of the checks are going to spending, according to the survey. And then you think about what are the corporations doing with PPPs, um, if it, you know, are they doing the same thing? I don't know. There hasn't been a study yet, but it's something to ponder and think about. So what is, and this is why there could be this Goldilocks swami because you're priming the pump with spending power. Now your dollar might be worth less because we've inflated it so crazily, like Thomas Massey just said, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, my debt is paid way down. Mm. Oh my God. The economy's opening again. Right. Mm. I mean, Texas has been open for a month now fully wide open. Florida has been open forever. Uh, I'm going back down there again in six days. Yeah. And California, places like California, the, the places with the hardest lockdowns, you know, Governor Newsom is saying on about mid-June or July, I think, June or July, they're going to open up hopefully fully again with masks though. They got to keep their masks. Uh, the, pro- the, pro- the pump is primed. People are ready to spend. The pent-up demand is there, right? You hear everybody. I know people are having these conversations, whether it's in public or private. They're sick of it. They're ready to take the mask off. They're ready to. They're ready to get out there and and do stuff again. Just live life. So I think we are going to hit this boom, but watch out for that hangover. Yeah, it's fun to party. You know, Al part Al party man Gore. Yeah. <laughs> That's the guy that parties the least in this firm now. But back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. This guy. Yep. Would sit at his house and party when friends came over. Yeah. Loved it. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, let's get now down to the nitty gritty uh, and and business slash architecture talk. So Lance has been putting together an employee handbook. Why have you been doing it and what is it for? I have been doing it because uh, my acquaintance, hopefully one day friend, Michelle Seiler Tucker, the author of the new book, ExitRichBook.com. She is not a sponsor, but she is on the podcast. Um, I don't know if her, I can't remember if her, her, her episode has been published yet. It doesn't matter. She, 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 I just interviewed her and she come up with this, came up with this great book, Exit Rich. And the idea is that uh, part of that is if you're ever thinking about selling your company, whether external or internal, internal is sort of what our idea is, and that is to help to just continue with our growth and have employees start to take ownership through a systematized uh, set of actions, right? And that's where the manual comes into play because we need to be able, Alex and I had almost zero tools given to us when we first started. We had to make the tools. We were making the Legos. And if we want to make, go and branch out from here, Al, yep. that's, what, that's what we're doing. That's the purpose. Awesome. So, um, I'm just, we're going to kind of go through it live on air and, and just give an overview. Um, so I reviewed it last night, couldn't get to everything and we won't go too deep, but just tell you what's inside it and what we're thinking about and what we're discussing because Lance did the first draft. I'm giving comments. We'll still review it, you know, over the next month um, and put it together so that we, we have it close to what we want and close to right. Um, <clears throat> so 
there's a cover page. Um, and then there's basically an introduction saying what this policy, what this is for. Yep. And the template was derived from Mel- Michelle and, and her and her book. And her course. And her course. Yep. yep. So is, if you buy the book, you get to be part of the course and then you get all these kind of tools. And it's a, it's a great starting point. Otherwise, I know some people have like, you know, you're not supposed to. It's this is the best way to do it. You don't that way. You're not taking it from some other firm. Whatever you're, you're getting it a, a set of Legos from her, and then you're building on top of that. Yep, yep. And then, I mean, we almost have to make a checklist. Um, I think that we have our titles correct, but honestly, I don't remember. And then, if we were gonna redo it and just do partner, partner, but yeah, uh, yeah. But we're working through it. This is all a draft. Yep. And then kind of the first, the, after that, the first page is the acknowledgement. So this is an acknowledgement of an employee that they have been given this, look through it, that they understand everything that's going on, uh, that they, uh, if they have any questions, they can come talk to us. Um, anything else you want to add on that? Nope. I I remember the only thing I would add is, uh, I remember doing this with other firms that I worked for is they were just much more corporate than we were to begin with. And now we're at a size where this makes sense to implement something like this. Yep. Because yep. there's because we're expanding the way we are. Yep. Um, then it has, you know, who's currently at the firm. And then now <clears throat> the the big discussion is that what is your corporate structure? So this is position titles, descriptions, and typical salaries, right? So Lance and I broke it down into basically four categories, four bands, right? So the first band is designer. Mm -hmm. And then in that is senior designer. The second band is project manager and then senior project manager. It might be five. Yeah. The third band is principal and then senior principal. And we'll kind of go through these in general. And then the fifth band, so it is five bands, is partner and senior partner. Now, there's a couple different parts to this of what we're laying out. Laying out what your roles and you know responsibilities are, salary expectations and and, and, and bonuses, right? Um, now, Lance, Lance kind of took what he got from Exit Rich, but then I I think you're kind of doing your own thing here. This is our own thing, yeah, entirely, yep. yeah. So and but but I follow the lead of you know who's at the firm here's their contact information and then i was like oh yeah now now it makes sense like uh going in sequential um chronological order like oh yeah we should define the position titles the descriptions yep. what the fees are what the what your typical salary is yep and then <clears throat> two things that we didn't know about um that we're now discussing was w- one of the first things was years in each one of those positions and then salary ranges in those positions. So after we kind of filter this out, we go fishing with a bunch of our uh, alumni friends in our year uh, from architecture school every spring. And we're going to kind of show them this too and get their feedback to an an outside perspective. And some of them are in positions. I mean, they're obviously uh, our age. So they are in management positions or director positions. And some of them heading hurtling towards principal positions and that's, I think that's, Al brought it up the other day and I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's brilliant because having, and, and, and then for them to even see the numbers that we're proposing here and get their honest feedback. Yep. And the psychology too, that I'm really interested in learning about is 
like I, I can't put myself in the position anymore of this uh, to 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 really even get there. But that is like, when did I think I would be a partner? When did I think I would be a principal? When like, what did that mean for me when I first graduated and started at, at a firm? It was like, like, what is the thought process? Yeah, with you know. Yep, and then also too, like <clears throat> I think one of the initial things we were thinking about was to get people excited about the future and future possibilities, and that's what this employee handbook is about too. But yes. I had, <clears throat> but but I had the thought, and I think you would agree with this thought too, is that because one person I was thinking about talking to is <clears throat> in jujitsu, I I know the manager of that branch, right? Because Lance and I are thinking about branching off, and I was like, oh maybe you know what if I you know talk to him and asked him. And I started thinking about the people that work there and all that. And one thing that came to my attention was like, he might say, no, we don't, we don't have this in place. How are you going to move up step by step? And what I, jujitsu is different from a regular business because like, if you love it, you just love it. Right? So this manual is also about too, how to be happy in the moment, right? How to like, if you're just looking to the future, but your job sucks now, like, what's the incentive They're like, Oh, you might get more money, but like, Oh, it's just going to suck, but I'll be a higher pay, a higher salary range too. I don't know if, if, if that's interesting conveyed in here now, but interesting, but you get where I'm going I do to get where you're going. Yeah. So like, I, I think that that needs to come through or, or at least always be on our top of mind. It's not because it can't always be, um, this is what I hate w- with, with some builders is like, Hey, do a low fee for me now. And then I'll give you work in the future. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's make this project great. Let's make next project great. Let's make make all the projects great, right? Yeah. So anyways, since Lance and I are new at this and we love to get feedback, <clears throat> I called my dad. My dad was a manager at IBM, um, manages a bunch of people over probably 15 years, right? Um, and I didn't give, I'll give Lance all, all the feedback here, right? That he said. So at first we had years and times for each position. Yep. And my dad said at IBM, they never did that because um, everyone was aware of the bands that they had at IBM, but then you'd have meetings with the manager, with, with him or whoever the manager was. Mm-hmm. And it was discussion about how fast you want to go and how far you want to go. Mm-hmm. Because there can be all-stars that just want to skyrocket up. There can be people that um, you know love vacation or, or, or just happy with what, what they're doing. There's people that we know in other firms like, I just want to be a designer. Like maybe I don't even want to manage anyone. I just want to be a designer. Yeah, I know exactly. And this is a very important thing to bring up. I think one of the moving, just moving it ahead a little bit and we can come back out. But our other idea is that we are going to have some basically two on twos with people. And then maybe, yeah, I have two on twos, two on threes with people, maybe even some one on ones. Um, Because maybe the one on ones are necessary, but like, but asking them, where do you where do you want to go? Because I, I I hadn't even thought about it until you brought it up just now about man maybe there are people who don't want to go skyrocket all the way to the top. That's fine. How then how do we facilitate you continuing to be Buddha with where you're at and moving ahead and like keep you in this goldy Goldilocks zone? Look at that. Yep. See how I wrapped it all in yep, there. Yep. And and that relates back to jujitsu too because what I didn't convey is like okay there's only one manager per branch and there's a whole bunch of you know, people teaching the classes. Well, if you're teaching a class for 20 years, right, you still can't make as much as a manager, even though you've been there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But they might be like, yeah, yeah. All they get to do is teach jujitsu classes. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah. Some people, yeah. How do you keep sure. people in their Buddha? Yeah. Uh, side note: Did you listen to a Business of Architecture episode three sixty one that I recommend building a bi coastal business? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anything yeah. to so just so everybody knows, a uh, good friend Enoch Sears. Uh, one of his one of the some of the best episodes that I appreciate on his podcast are um, when when he when they have. Um, it's not Enoch, but it's, I can't remember his business, whoever is the co-host that is with him. It just says, uh, Andre Harrow, Charlotte Hyman and, and Harrow. Forgive me for that one. But episode 361 is Enoch's co-host and he interviews people that Enoch might not interview. And this was a very interesting and timely episode of, it's called uh, building a bi-coastal business. Um, and this guy talks about what it's like for them to build a business that exists in New York City and then in Los Angeles, right? Some of the two biggest cities in the United States and how they operate. Because we would be doing similar things with a, with a southern, um, we're calling it a southern Colorado branch and a northern Colorado branch. Two things of interest. One was they started the California branch because they had a client, right? And that was the anchor over there. And then two, they have two separate services, architectural and interior design. And there's different laws in well, California. They, well, they literally call it actually so interior architecture because you got to think of it this way. And this this uh, Andre brings it up in that podcast with with Charlotte, and that is New York is built like you have yeah. to be um, somebody like Norman Foster in order yeah. in order to get an actual exterior building built. But all the most of the architecture practices there are doing interior architecture. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not oh. not design. I mean, interior architecture. But also, the majority of the firms working there, every big firm that you've ever heard of ever, they're doing work in other cities. Yeah. It's just New York is the place. To, yeah. It's to, the place to headquarter. Yep. Um, the the other thing. So they they separated basically everything, but they almost legally had to, and structurally had to, because I thought it was interesting what they said too. Interior design is a logistics game. Just like construction management oh, that was, is a logistics. It, wasn't it? An, wasn't it was, it was that was one of the best podcasts I listened to in a while because, much like us, the uh, Miss uh, Andre, who who's one of the partners there, really peeled back the onion and did not was not bashful about um, the interior workings. They also separated their business accounts. I was like, yeah, why why wouldn't you? I mean, they. It's so. It was also interesting because they didn't. Uh, they sort of fell into their business, and I don't think he would be offended by saying that. Like they were kind of moonlighting, and they didn't had no intent, and then it sort of organically grew, kind of like ours, except we had a little bit more intent, I guess. Um, but even with that organic growth, they were very structured and principled. Yep. But but honestly, out of the majority of the stories that I've heard, um, HOK. Do you remember me interviewing John McLamey? Yeah. Um, I think they said, I don't know, I think he was in his 20s. They sent him and someone else out. And they said, you start the Denver office. Um, but what I was getting at is like, there's a repeat in these stories. And doesn't it seem more organic? Yes. Like two people, one, yeah. you know. It's actually Patrick McLamey. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you should check him out because he's actually starting a new podcast with Mark LePage. Um, and, um, with every episode, it'll be he, him and Patrick. Um, and so Patrick's going to share a story as a design associate in the late 1960s, like Alex was saying, leading to CEO of one of the most iconic architecture firms in the world. Um, so you can check that out. I think the podcast is called build smart. 
uh, with Patrick McLamey, and then it's hosted by Mark LePage. Check that out. It's at gablemedia.com forward slash show, show forward slash build smart. Not a sponsor. You should be. Just yep. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so time was one thing. And then Lance and I were like, yeah, we don't need to, we don't need to put that on there. We don't need to put. Well, the reason why he convinced me for, to not put it on there is twofold. You already talked about it. The people are going to accelerate or decelerate or move at their own pace. Sure. That we want to be flexible, but principled. And then the other reason was, Alex will get to it. There's a flow chart that I developed. I don't know if you are going to get to it or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a structured flow chart of where we're at now with how the firm is structured with staffing and then how we morph and eventually branch out. And that makes it so that the we don't have to have this perfect timing going on. It can happen when it happens. We can respond to market conditions. Boom. And, yep. That's exactly it. Mar- yep. Yep. So when we hit that Goldilocks... In 2023, hey. <laughs> man, yeah, bring it around. Yeah, the second thing was salaries. So we won't go over numbers, but I, I asked my dad, you know, how did you? You already guys- have the numbers up there. If I'm going to show it, no, but I'm not recording it. Oh, I thought you wanted me to actually show that when we're talking during Ooh. YouTube. I won't now. Yeah, well, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he said salaries and bonuses were always evaluated year by year, depending on market conditions and how well the firm was doing. Man, I'm glad we're recording this because now we should add that to the... Well, at the very end of the document, do you see where I put annual reviews in? That's what we should do. We should write... I'm going to listen to this episode and I'm going to say what you just said. Yep, yep. And then he he goes, so... um, We... And then I have a thing about how they did that. Um, so we didn't do that. And then also he's like, this is just a, for instance, like what if someone wants to be uh, a steady Betty or a steady Joe, you know, and they're, they're happy with that, right? Because that's what they want to be doing with their time going forward. And someone else is, is rocketing up the other ways. And then all of a sudden, like, are they in a comparison mode of salary? But then it, it's almost like then but then you're not comparing like your responsibilities to and, and, and all that. So that's, that's, I would just got his, his feedback on that. And it might be something that internally we know, and we have uh, a thought process around and how I think we would do this. And I haven't done this yet because I was just reviewing it while watching uh, a documentary. Uh, what was it? The Sheik, uh, the iron Sheik from mm-hmm. wrestling from wrestling. Yeah. Is if you have any history, go back and, and, and look, where are your employee salaries? Where do they line up with this new structure? What bonuses did they give? Did you yeah. give out? What was your profitability that year? Yes. Can you s- sustain that? Right. <clears throat> so there's that. And then the last thing Dad said about bonus structure, he's like, I didn't agree with what came down, how IBM said to do it at this time. Again, this is probably 15 years ago, so who knows how they do it? Do it. Now he said basically. Um, 75% of bonuses are going to the top third, 25% of bonuses are going to the middle third and zero to the rest. Um, and he always thought that because he always had to rank order everyone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sometimes my last place male or female is, was, it was literally just a ranking order. Like the lowest five were all, let's say he had 15 people. The lowest five could have, been the medium five too like it was just like Mm. it just got so like oh did they turn in one report late and 
everyone turned in every report on time. One person and all of them were just as good, but one person turned in one late. Oh, now you're at zero. Now you get no bonus. Like, and what if there was an extenuating circumstances? Like, yeah, he was a little sick, but like, I need to have a reason. I yeah. need to have a reason. And that's the only reason that exists. Yeah. And I'm make, this isn't a real scenario, but it's like a real scenario. Okay. So, um, so when I <clears throat> went on this, um, I, I, I just kind of reordered, I actually, my blue note. So when we give a offer, you know, we say what your task going to be. I actually don't think that that's needed because the more I went down into your writing, the more it was clear that like, this is an overview Yes. Of it. So yes. I think all these blues can be deleted. So what Al's talking about of the blues is he's pointing to the giant screen behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, uh, he b- put in uh, Al notes. Uh, literally, they're called that. And uh, it says add roles. He added a bullet point. Add roles and responsibilities. But I like that you went through that ec- mental exercise and then reeled it back and said like, oh, no, no, no. This is... Yeah. Because you're just double checking the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yep. Um. So basically, at the designer level, you can imagine what your responsibilities are. At the project manager and senior project manager, you're starting to lead people. Also, we avoided the word junior, and I like that until the very end, but that's okay. I think we... We'll see. We'll keep going. But like, we wanted to make it so that, again, like... There's no diminutive language here. It is just it is just bare bare bones language. It's, like, it's sort of like architect plus builder, that whole thing, right? Where yep. it's like we're architects first. So like you're a designer, but you're not a junior designer. You're just, you're a designer. Yep. And then plus, and then you can move up plus where you're a senior designer. Yep. Yep. You're a blue belt, or you're a three stripe blue belt. Yeah. Um, principal. So now you're you're basically starting to manage or are eligible to co-manage a branch. Right. Um, and then partner, the, the major difference is like, you know, now for sure you are, but you've also literally bought into stocks and are getting dividends also. Yep. So we're an S corp when we have, um, I went and looked back at our original bylaws and everything, and we do have allocated number of shares. So it actually works out, which then to kind of bring this full circle again, how do you understand how much shares you should have at your firm? and or be issuing in all of that, it tied all back to that EBITDA that Alex and I went over a couple weeks ago about seeing what, what, what your firm is valued at. So we actually have a number now basically set aside of like, this is what one share costs to yep. buy at F9. Yep. And then, so there's a list of topics included in this handbook, but since we just talked about the roles, I want to go into the corporate structure branch tree that, that Lance created. Okay. And then we were talking and I was trying to come up with a, with a flexible idea. I've only got so far, I'll, I'll show Lance after this and just get his thoughts and feedback live on the air. Yeah. Um, so what Lance has, so Lance, Lance is very creative, but he's also a linear thinker, which makes him productive. A to B. Right. So, um, Basically, he he has a, a tree hierarchy and it goes into 2031 and it's, you know, basically senior partners um, to uh, partners, to principals, to senior designers and all that. Right. And the first one that he made was how this year works. So it's literally I think one of the great things about this is how to visualize if you are going to expand and what that's going to look like. Right. And then that feeds back into the roles and the responsibilities and making sure it. it if someone is becoming a branch manager, this will hopefully make things more 
clear to them, right? And and what their roles and responsibilities are, who they're who they're in charge of, who and who's who it, who they are in charge of, what they should be doing, right? And vice versa. Yep. So <clears throat> what I'm attempting to do now is to do something. Yep. So I brought it up. So the current staffing structure Lance made up. And then right for now, just for me to think about Interesting. it. Instead of going through all the years, I have intermediate staff structure and then future staff structure. Because <clears throat> I kind of like how you've generic, you've, you're starting to generic it. Yeah. 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 But what I think too is because, um, so the current staff structure, we have a senior partner um, and we have two of them, right? Project managers and the designers, right? And then what happens in, in, let's just say a year from now, you have your senior partners, but now there's not just a partner, uh, a project manager, there's a senior project manager. And what does that do? And the next one that I'm still like not even halfway through is that on your 2031, you had all like senior designers. Well, we're going to have a junior designer comes in. You know what I mean? Or well, we're, but they're junior designers, but we're just calling them designers. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. A designer. <laughs> I think you had all senior, right? Yeah. So there could be one brand. So like this one is basically going to show the different iterations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now you have a, yeah, I need to, um, we didn't even talk about, I think we can just have partner and, and senior. That's partner. what we are doing. Okay. So there's I, I, we, what, what you were reviewing just before that with all the titles and the bands. Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong. There is no junior ever. Okay. It's all, it's just partner than senior partner. Yep. So then there can be, because I don't want to lose out on like, this could still happen even 10 years from now. Yeah. I like, I like the way you're, you're tackling this. So like maybe that timeline that I put together is again, more internal. It's just for me and you. And this is the one that gets end up putting in, in the handbook. Yep. And then I thought about too, is that once you branch this out, like this senior project manager, it is possible because me and you have done it too. But just to show them, like it's possible that you could be a senior project manager and have three people. Yes. Under you. Yeah. Right. So it's basically going from like the lower end to the, to the higher end. Yeah. So then the future staffing structure, you can see it's basically a tree of every iteration. So you could just say like, Oh, if we added a branch, you could add a branch at the low iteration or, you know, or the, or the big iteration. Yeah. Right. The biggest thing was trying to, was showing where we're at, what, what the immediate one looks like. And then what Alex is saying, a future one and the future one is at what point are you ready to say, here's a Denver office, here's an Aspen office, Florida office, yep. whatever. And then also too, think about this. This is just like a design project, meaning it's 100% like a design project. So think I'm of, telling you, I was that excited and you were like, I got to, I got to mute my phone now. Stop texting me at 9.30 PM. I'm like, ow. Oh, it was 10.30. <laughs> it was 10.30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This felt very, very, very much like yep. uh, a, one of those higher level design projects. It, re it was good. It was really good. Well, and, and I think what I want to let the listeners know is think about that to be excited about that, but then think about that with iterations and critiques, like at all times in a design process. Someone saying, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of this? And then it morphs and it becomes better and it becomes stronger. So like, that's what like Lance was doing. Now I'm doing, now I'm throwing it back to Lance. Like, that's how it should work. Like, don't think about this as just like a business. Think about this as a design problem. It will feel like what Alex just said, a, oh, I got to do this business corporate thing at first. But trust me, after you start to make it your own, 
based on let's say you use Michelle's template or you or you find another template or whatever, you're gonna get to that you're gonna get to that euphoric design feeling. I promise you. Yep. Do you know how long we're in too? Because we could forty minutes. We could let's save. I got time. Okay. You want to? We can skip our F fourteen meeting. Uh, I don't have anything until noon. Let's keep going. I, Let's I, this can be going. an extended one. That's okay. Awesome. Okay, now I'm going back to the handbook. <clears throat> um, and and Lance has in here a list of topics in this handbook. So th- this is basically a glossary, you know, um, of everything. Some so, of them just just I'm just gonna, let me give a, a couple of. Well, them, okay? we're gonna go through. Oh, okay. Yep. So the first one is the 40k uh, 401k plan. Alex to review. And literally list out what it is when you're what, eligible all that how to enroll yep and i'm having our hr person look into it because i don't know all the rules right but it's good now people will know now it's in one place it's in writing yep the next one is code of conduct um so a lot of this goes without being said but the point of this is like hey if you ever did something and and (laughs) now now you know for sure right so it's like making false malicious derogatory statements that may damage the integrity or reputa- uh, reputation of the company rude or just uh courteous conduct towards supervisor um fighting or provoking a fight you know things like that that are clearly out of yep. line it's there for you yep and i I'm, i was trying to look up a text real quick from al to read it uh as a joke because uh I can't remember. Al and Nick and I were texting back and forth um, about this. Like, oh, perfect. <laughs> so one of the parts is discipline policy. This was like uh, almost a month ago now when I started writing this. And uh, Nick was asking about uh, disciplining people and, and stuff like that. And so I sent a screenshot of the discipline policy. And so just so you know, Al's head was not into this right away. And he goes, Jesus, that's where you start with discipline. And I was like, No, it's just an, it just like it was literally a timely text. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have like this th- three strike rule at the firm, and it's always been too. It's been loose in the sense of like, yeah, we record them and we know we have meetings, but now it's in there. Well, know what though? Maybe it's not this one. Maybe it's the next one. But like, remember three strikes. Yeah. Like, is is that laid out there? Like, because I think everyone knows about the three strikes yes. rules. It should be in there. Yeah. And, um, it's in here. Yep. Uh, the next one was deductions legally enforced. This came straight from Michelle's um, template. Yep. And it was basically like, let's say your, as an employee's wages are garnished as either for, um, uh, what, what is it? Child support, spousal support, anything like that. There's a fee. And all I was saying here in my blue notes is like, um, maybe we should say something generic because ADP, which is what we use as a payroll service, they're mm-hmm. going to administer that. So it's something like, um, any, uh, according to state laws, um, you'll be charged for in any of these instances, according to, uh, ADP's charges. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we're not going to charge that ADP is going to charge it. So it, it, it's basically like that will be deducted out of your account, but it states the protocol, which is a standard protocol. Yep. And that's what's recording. Yep. Exactly. So I just got to figure out the language for that. Yep. Keep okay, going. Okay, discipline. There's a discipline policy. Up to three times. So like, could I just put in parentheses, three strike rule? That's, Al's reviewing it in real time right now. So I'm just saying we get to that point. Sure. Blue, blue highlight it and we'll, we'll figure that out. But it's in there now. And you need to have, you need to have some kind of system of, because people are going to screw up. 
and they don't want to screw up. It just is what it is. Yep. Cool. Um, the equal opportunity employment statement, right? So this is pretty much boilerplate. Pretty much. Um, but but that's good to have in there. Okay, Family and Medical Leave Act. So I put this in red. Um, so this is basically the law of fifty or more employees. Mm-hmm. So and 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 this is you know you can have I think it's unpaid leave up to twelve weeks. Blah blah. blah. I think that this is fine to get in there. Should the next one be, you know, the, the paid portion that we offer? Like F9 offers a paid leave yes. of X amount for blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Blah. Yep. Exactly why I wanted you to review it. Yep. Cool. Health insurance. Oh. <coughs> so. Sorry. I put this here just so I didn't forget. I don't think we have. So we had a 401k section. We should have a health insurance section that lays it out. Perfect. Um, then we have listed holidays. Right. So just. Uh, why did you take out the one I added? Which one did you add? Your birthday. Oh, <laughs> the, the the reason why is because so many people work on their birthday. I know. Yeah. So, uh, David Pollard, who I, be, I his episode went up uh, a couple weeks ago. That was his idea, and I know he listens to the show. So that's what uh, you should listen to that listen to that version. Um, I can't remember which one it is exactly, but he uh, he. At the firms he worked at before, before the before the one he started, he hated that there was this, you know, like, oh, and then we got to sing the birthday thing and blah, blah, blah. He was like, I just want to take the day off. And I was like, I'm going to add that. So I, I was wondering if you were going to catch that. I like it. I'm at the opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage in my life where, yeah, I want to take my, I would like this my day. Yeah. Whatever I want to do that day. Okay. We can debate it. I put it back on. Okay. I didn't, I didn't even <laughs> blew it. Um, lunch policy, just so it's clearly stated. Um, and no, it's also, so if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about two second liens and all that. And, and certain people when we're hiring have asked about it. Now it's, now it's just all there, right? Yes. Um, doesn't come up much, but now it's there. Medical and other, uh, examinations. Um, so this is for for drug tests, basically. Um, we cannot require an applicant to pay for the cost of of drug tests if we're drug testing them. Yep. Sure. Pretty pretty boilerplate. That was very boilerplate. Yep. Uh, termination requirements. So basically, if you are being terminated, we give two weeks notice. And since I have been terminated before, it was here's your two weeks notice. Here's your two week pay. Please don't come in. <laughs> because they don't want anyone to drama wreck, wreck anything drama. drama start drama crying start talking to people and and saying like yeah why did i get fired and you don't want i got fired with a group of people during the recession i didn't feel too bad about it yeah if you uh would like a little bit more insight into when we've had to do that if you go to inside the firm i don't know what number it is but it's uh higher fast or higher slow fire fast yep we did a whole show on about it um, there's another section called pay periods and overtime, right? So it's basically saying what days you will be paid on. The one I added was, uh, employees are expected to work eight continuous hours, including, including breaks. So the breaks are included in those hours, uh, each week, Monday through Friday, the work day starts at 8am mountain time. Employees can choose to start as early as 7am and leave as early I as like 4 it. PM. I like it so far. Yep. So yep. Just, just a thought. Yep. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a good, what a good comment. So this is personal cell phones and it says you can bring your cell phone to work, but please limit that usage to lunch with the exception of emergencies. And I did, my comment was, how real is this? Because people call for, I mean, I haven't seen anything excessive. We have, ne- we don't have corporate phones. We just have cell phones. Um, so I'm okay with deleting if you bring your personal cell phone, blah, blah, blah. The one I would like to keep, the one sentence I would like to keep in is just, Fline should not be held responsible for any lost damage. Personal cell phones brought to the office or on a job site. Like, it maybe doesn't need to be said, but it can't hurt to be said. Like, it can't hurt to be said. So just like... Just leave it that way. Like that, the, and, yeah. and just so you know, this was, again, boilerplate sure. from Michelle's book. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame it on her. Uh, personal protective equipment. So this is mainly for the construction people is that we will provide that. Yep. Doo-doo. Sexual harassment. I thought this was clear, well-written. Let's blame, uh, what was her name? Michelle. Michelle for it because it was literally laying it out. It was and, perfect. And I've been in the army like through those presentations and they're always terrible, right? And you always don't remember anything. So this was just clearly in about five paragraphs what it is and if you read it you'd be like yeah that's obviously sexual harassment and it's not allowed um then there's a section about you know we provide laptops and other equipment and if you're terminated you must return it um i said if you don't return it the deduction is the amount of the replacement cost that's what i didn't highlight but that's what i changed like, like if it. you are stealing it, it's not what it's worth. It's like, what does it cost us to replace yes. it? Yes. Because you're stealing something. I like so Yeah. Don't do that. Yep. Um, incident responsibilities. So Lance, what is this about? <laughs> if an incident occurs on a job site or at the office or is alleged to have occurred at your job site or office, blah, blah, blah. So basically, what is an incident? An incident is something, that, uh, you know what? Let's look up the term here real quick, just so we're very clear about it. And it's basically when the cops are being called. That's yeah. what this is. And to. an occurrence of an action or a situation that is separate, that is a separate unit of experience. That's perfect. Meaning uh, an action that could likely lead to a grave consequence um, in diplomatic matters, such as a serious incident. So if it's out of the norm, that is an incident. Yep. Perfect. Um, theft policy. Don't right? be stealing. Don't be stealing. Um, Do you want to include digital content in there? That's one of the things I've been thinking about is like... Oh, I like that. Including digital content. Yeah. So okay. um, I'm going to just highlight that somehow. You're doing it. We're live. First time with Microsoft Word. Yep. Uh, okay. Vacation and sick days. Um, I have an internal note with Lance just about how many there are. Um, and then I added... It says uh, you can only have seven consecutive days unless approved by the president or vice president, and all work duties must have been covered. So, okay, where were we at, Al? <clears throat> so basically, what I was saying is that it can be longer than seven days if it's approved and planned out. Yes, some sort of language like that, and you know, reread through everything I write, obviously. Okay, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, this is notice of vacation time, so it falls right in line basically. Yep. Right after vacation, sick days policy. Yep. But now it's explicit how it works. Drugs and alcohol policy. Um, so it basically has violations and it said, uh, the violations below will result in immediate termination. And I said, or reprimand because 
I think there are instances where like, especially if it's Colorado and there's a law and let's say you, you got caught for something that's legal in Colorado, but you're somewhere else. Like a reprimand might be in place for some certain things. Again, flexible with the market. Yep. Um, and a review, letting people know that that will happen. And then this is what I added. Al added some stuff. I was going to say the annual review was my last page and now Al's adding stuff, which is fine. It's called expectations. Ooh, I like it. And know what? This actually goes back to my thought that I talked to you about, about um, essentially not just making it about the future, but making it about now too. So I wonder if these should go up higher, right? Yes, I could see that. Yep. Because it's more uh, in line with where the employee stuff is I mean like you know titles and all of that. Yeah. So read this since you haven't read it yet. Employees. It so expectations. Employees are expected to be top performers at their current level. Enable the client's vision while bringing their own experience. Al spelled there wrong. Ah, yeah, yeah, uh, I saw it. <laughs> and work together to grow the team in a fun and productive work environment. Expectations are expressed in the document titled "Good Architect, Bad Architect," and means. For execution are expressed in the document titled F9 Productions, Nine Principles Located on the Company Website. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I think obviously there's some massaging, but it's sure. je- the, the meat is there. Yeah. That feels like a tasty brisket. There we go. Okay. Well, since uh, should we leave ARE Jeopardy for next week and, and all that and, and wrap it up? Uh, no, I think we have to do ARE Jeopardy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just do it real quick here uh, because we have, we have a lunch and learn um, with Sonus today. So... Uh, but don't you have one more page? Uh, maybe. It says page 28 29. Nope. nope. Okay, let's head on in. Uh, let's bring the crew down then. The crew that we're talking about here, uh, down for ARE Jeopardy. Let's do it. Question number one. A fire door slash fire shutter assembly conforming to the test required to in section 715.1. A bunch of sections. You aren't going to know any of them. Shall be constructed of what material? A, wood. B, fire-resisted wood. C, steel. D, any fire-resisted metal. Or E, any ma- any material. Hmm. Hmm. Which one? Hmm. Which one? More. <laughs> All right. DC, DC. Rebecca, C. C. The answer is E. Any material. If it conforms to those standards, I knew any it. I knew it. Material. Question two. So nobody got it, right? Dang, y'all. Any. It's literally any, any material. Material. Any. Yep. Material. Fire door. But it conforms. Fire. But it conforms to the test requirements. Yep. That is its part. So those test requirements could say, yeah, wood burns. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they all? <laughs> Number two. But what I found when I was studying was like, that's mainly the answer. Is uh, any. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, question two. The aggregate clear egress access. Uh, egress width of a mall shall not be less than A, six feet. B, 12 <laughs> feet. D, 20 feet. That's C. Wow. 20 feet. D, 40 feet. A, yep, 6 feet. B, 12 feet. C, 20 feet. D, 40 feet. Yeah, B, C, B, B, and B. 
The answer is C, 20 feet. Wow, that is massive. Yeah. Did it, was so that a guess? What do we got? One? We got one? We got wow. one win? All right, well. I went hard to the paint. The guy who got, the guy who got this correct, it, these, are, these next ones are for him. <laughs> this is a feature of defensive architecture most typically found on the battlements of medi medieval castles. Is it A, a battlement, B, a parapet, C, a crenellation, D, a merlon? Merlin, like a Merlin engine, like on SpaceX. What the he heck? Uh, this is a feature of defensive architecture, most typically found on the battlements of medieval medieval castles. Is it a a battlement? B a parapet? C a crenellation? D a Merlin? We have C C C or B. We have a B. Sorry, and the the B. Correct answer is C a crenellation. Now we know what crenellation is. Is it? Is it, is the definition of it a defensive feature? Yes. Or, or is it like, it's like a pinnacle, you know, when they a make A defensive feature of, ca of architecture. That is a oh. crenellation, right? right? So these little awnings that we're designing on these multifamily buildings that I've been referring to as crenellations block the sun. Therefore, they are defensive architecture. Ooh, defensive they, sun, they, get out of here. Get the heck yeah. out of here. That is Left a, that right is a crenellation. You heard it here. Uh, number four, they, these are a rectangular... Uh, gaps or indentations which occur at regular intervals along a parapet, usually measuring two to three, two to three feet wide. A are they Bennels? C B are they Crenels? C are they Merlons? D are they Sirlons? <laughs> what words are made up? <laughs> you will never know. The answers, the awesome answers. A, Bennels, C, Crenels, C, Merlons, D, Sirlons. Rectangular ga gaps. Yeah, Look at your these spelling. are rectangular gaps or indentations which occur at regular intervals along a parapet, usually measuring two to three feet right. wide. B, C, B, C, B. The correct answer is B. The made-up words are Bennels. Merlons and Sirlons. Or sorry, Bennels and Sirlons. Merlons are an actual thing. So crenellations are basically crenels. A bunch of crenels. Yeah, and the crenels are the gaps, and then the, the Merlons are the solid parts. This yeah. is a real thing. Every the knowledge you gain here. All you people out there. Huh? Yep. This is an English class. Yeah, this is an English class. <laughs> Old English. We got two two two, so we have a tiebreaker. Mark. All right, Marky Mark. Marky come Mark. on down to the YouTube. And eat the mic. All right. So we're going to be looking for an answer with a number of feet, just Ooh. so you guys know. Bam, bam, bam. That's IBC 903.2.11.3 requires automatic fire sprinklers to be installed throughout buildings having an occupied floor with 30 or more occupants located how many feet or more above the lowest level of fire department vehicle access? Closest answer gets it. All of you are wrong. What did you write? 10, 10 oh, 75, 30. The correct answer is? 55. You both win. Nope. Gresh wins. Gresh wins. Gresh wins. Wait, 25. Wait, 25. You're 25. 15. Two. Oh, no, that's right. 15. You're 20. You're closer. You're 20. All right. Ross, Ross is wins. the winner. Ross wins. Where are we eating? Upstairs. Yep. <laughs> 
So if you liked all that knowledge, you're actually going to like all the knowledge you get from the Architect's Guide 2, which is the Builder's Course website, um, because some of this is just English questions. There, it will be practical building knowledge. So if you are thinking about uh, going from architect to builder, go to architectsguide2.com. As always, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you didn't already know, Inside the Firm is now uh, has a YouTube channel where you can actually watch the episode if that's you prefer. You can see Al's green shirt. Uh, subscribe now for a chance to win a piece of Inside the Firm merch. Or if you prefer podcast style, it would mean the world to us if you could leave a five-star review. If you're thinking about a four-star review, put five stars right on top of that. This is how more people find the podcast, how we can help spread more value. But no matter which category you fall into, if you're looking for the latest updates or Inside the Firm and special content, follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Inside the Firm or Instagram at ITF Podcast. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Firm for another great episode. Pow.